don't panic that much. It's not that easy. Forget about complete imbalance and, and start thinking more as the as a healthy thing that you're going to do over time. Uh, variety, you know, the same the th same thing you apply to yourself. Um, you know, if you're not doing the correct thing, then start by start yourself and then switch your cat to a diet. That also helps. Welcome to the Pet Care Report podcast by Pet Summits. Here's your natural cat healthcare host, Dr. Megan Barrett. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We've got a very special guest today. This is Dr. Amaya Espindola, MRCVS. She is a Renaissance woman with talent spanning veterinary medicine, music, coaching, and entrepreneurship. Based in Mallorca, Spain, she delves deeply into the enigmatic realm of feline behavior, employing innovative techniques to fine-tune her expertise. Dr. Espindola aims to revolutionize our understanding of cat well-being by tapping into their natural wild instincts, enlightening pet owners on how this unique connection can elevate our everyday lives. So welcome, Dr. Espindola. Thanks for joining us and sharing um, our info about cat health and um, all the topics that we're going to cover today. So I think we're going to be, yes, thank you so much. We're going, <laughs> we're going to be starting with our conversation about nutrition because that's such an important topic for cats and sometimes a tricky one too in terms of getting our cats to switch over to new diets and things like that. So we'll cover um, some different background information, some common mistakes, and um, tailoring diet to your cat's specific life stage and some health conditions. So yeah, once again, thank you so much for joining us. And um, it is a pleasure to be here, actually. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with the basics. What um, essential nutrients does every cat need? And how do these contribute to their well being? Okay, Uh, well, I will try to make it short because if we get get into the whole requirements, it's going to be all all day long. Uh, but basically, um, it is known that uh, they are really strict carnivores, so there's no need for carbohydrates in their diet, and actually, they are very deficient uh, and in metabolizing uh, all the carbohydrates in the liver. So the thing is that basically, basically, from that point of view, we just need uh, a lot more of the other two ingredients, which is fat and protein. But also, you know, we know that fat, uh, it is really good as an anti-inflammatory, the omegas, the omega-3s, the omega-6s, you know, we need to find a balance between those two. Uh, but as I say, at the same time, we need to be careful on how much fat we put in which, in which stage that we're going to discuss that maybe later. And um, so we are left with high protein, high fat foods right um uh looking in the into the balance of this and this is also because uh cats are not able to synthesize certain amino acids but also they have this uh this this have this state of uh it is called the gluconeogenesis which is the the ability to uh, uh, produce glucose the, and it's constantly it's not related on how many times they eat or when they eat it, this happens constantly and happens through amino acids instead of Uh, glucose, you know, so it, they they actually produce their glucose from amino acids, and this is a constant state. And this is also why cats shouldn't 
you know, well, when they fast, you need you have to be careful in how they do it because they will still going to be using protein constantly for the body and only a 40% to actually grow. And and I am explaining this and I'm taking a little bit of time to for these requirements because this, this is like the basic of why cats are so different from dogs, right? Um, and And why they have these special requirements. Also, they cannot produce... Uh, well, there has to be a balance between linoleic acid and arachidonic acid in order to, you know, to see what, what the requirement is. Um, but they are not able to synthesize it so well. And they, this this puts the cat, actually sets the cat into a high omega-6 uh, animal. And uh, so we have to uh, balance with omega-3s in their diet. So, you know, I always, if I have to picture a cat, I will say it's kind of an inflammatory animal <laughs> that it's con in a constant movement and food and natural food and, and carnivores diet is what they actually need totally. And water, but water more in into the food and not after the food, right? Yeah, so those are the basics, but I guess it's, I can't Yeah, and that's a very... I, I totally agree. And I think those basics are very different than what a lot of people's understanding of feline nutrition is when they're, you know, shopping at a pet store and they see bags of kibble on the shelf and they think that that's, you know, the best thing because that's what the labels are telling them. Exactly. Uh, well, and, and, and kibble has more than 40% sometimes of, of carbohydrates. So that actually goes against all, what all nutritional books says. I mean, this is not something that it is a, uh, it is really backed up science, you know? Um, so we know how a carnivore is, uh, but we still try to make them digest something they're not made for. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's scientific studies saying that they can digest the carbs and I think that they are capable of it, but is it the best thing for them? You know, that's that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> exactly. The, 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 they, they cannot tolerate loads amounts. Uh, I mean, they can digest slowly and efficiently, of course, but that's not the point. What, what, is a, what it's nutrition is, a, uh, it's something that fuels your body to actually do the stuff you want to, to do during the day. So, uh, yes, I can, I can eat uh, junk food all day, but I won't feel the same way. Yeah. So it's interesting. We have to make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah. I think you notice a big difference when you feed a cat a raw or, you know, meat based diet that's moist and um, satisfying for them. They don't actually want to eat as much as if you put dry food out and they just, I kind of compare it to if I eat a steak versus if there's a bowl of Doritos, I'm not going to want to stop eating the Doritos because they've been engineered to be addictively delicious and you can't stop eating them but if you just eat some simple protein and fat then you'll be satisfied and you'll be done eating so the same thing happens when you go to a bar and you have you know <laughs> they always put you free peanuts uh, uh -huh. in order for you to to drink more and this is the same thing it's also delicious it makes you thirsty And then you keep drinking, but that water, well, in, in the case in ourselves, yeah. it's not water, but <laughs> for them is water. And that water is not going to hydrate, is only going to, you know, move the, the food uh, to one side to another, but does not, it's not, it doesn't hydrate. So 
cats that are actually non very well drinkers, uh, you you have to uh, make sure that the food is moist. Yeah, even like having dry kibble in your stomach with a drink of water isn't going to soften it enough to be very digestible. Not enough time, no. Yeah, and it's very sad seeing the constipated cats and the suffering that they go through just from not having that species appropriate diet. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think are some common mistakes that cat owners make when it comes to feeding their pets and how can these be avoided? Okay. This is, this is weird because I, I thought about this question. Uh, I say how, how I'm going to answer this. Uh, but I have like two extremes, right? The one is that that person that wants to do the best, but has no, absolutely no idea and uh, finds a cat in the street and decides to give them milk, tuna or liver right? It's kind of the top three <laughs> things. Uh, and sometimes uh, meatless bones, right? Uh, because they they find that this is what they've been told the cat should eat, right? So I still see those mistakes, even though with the whole uh, internet trends about raw feeding and everything, I still see clients that they, you know, they've been feeling feeding kibble and they say, oh, I, I just give them a little bit of uh, liver every day. And it's like, okay, just be careful what you're doing. Because um, liver can be really good and really bad at the same time if you don't balance it with other things. And um, so one, that is one of the one side. And the other one would be the, the those that are measuring if the calcium phosphor ratios are perfect in all those details by themselves as, as, a, as a pet guardian, Right. Because if you're doing that with a nutritionist, uh, you just don't have that, uh, you know, that weight on your shoulders of, am I doing it perfectly and formulate it? And you might say, but if I want to do this, if I want to formulate and do it perfectly, there's no problem with that. What I'm saying is the energy that you have when your cat, you perfectly balanced a, a whole food because of the idea we have of complete and balance that we don't do it for ourselves, first of all. Right. Yeah, but then, but then you try to do it to your cat, but then you have this energy that the cat won't eat it because it has so many things to be balanced and complete and all that thing, and the cat doesn't eat it, and that creates an energy of frustration and creates a like a a, a desperation of yeah, my cat is not eating exactly, <laughs> and that and that actually does not help for you for the cat to eat anything, and you have to be very careful. But the energy that we put into our cat's food, it's one of the biggest mistakes uh, people that know about raw food make when trying to switch a cat to a, a, a transition a cat to a raw or cooked food or natural, whatever you want to call it, All right? So that's, that's, a, that's one of the, so the biggest mistake for me is the energy that we forget that the when, the how, the uh, the place that we eat, the time we take, the security we feel, the, that emotional part is one of the things that we neglect and then we find problems in the diet because it's not that difficult to feed a cat. It is more difficult to transition or to make them change their minds or being picky. That's you know? true. That's a, yeah. So that would be my advice. <laughs> that's That's really interesting and I don't hear that talked about enough. I think that, you know, it's it's got to be hard for the cat owners out there to hear about something that they want to try and then they try to implement it and they have all this uncertainty and anxiety about it and you are preparing the food and then you kind of nudge it at the cat and they're like, just turn turn around and walk away. 
<laughs> it happened to me several times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think with my own cats, they can tell when I'm happily preparing their food and, you know, they're awaiting their meal. And it's, it is interesting how they can just feel the energy that you're putting into it. And um, I think, yeah, like you said, that helps with the presentation of the food and having them be interested. But then I'm sure there's also that deeper level of, you know, feeding them the love and care that we can, and that gets integrated into their body um, in addition to the actual nutrients. Exactly. And this is, uh, just keep in mind, this is for all the pet guardians outside. You are the only thing that changes in an indoor cat. In the house, the only one that walks out and gets inside is the family, is the people. If you have a dog, a dog as well. But that you are the the excitement, you are the change. And depending on how the cat is adapted to that, it will react differently. So keep it in mind when you're trying to transition. How are you feeling? Are you just throwing the plate anywhere or you just, you know, taking the time to observe what the cat actually wants to eat? So those are very, very important things. And actually, uh, Nick Thompson mentioned that on Dog Risk as well for ourselves. And uh, it was really interesting talk about not forgetting about the where, the when, what even what the source of the food even, right? So we can go really far away if you want to. Yeah, and even just how the food is prepared in terms of like the temperature and, you know, the smells that can play a big factor too. Like if you try to offer a cat cold cold food sometimes they don't want it because it's doesn't smell good so yeah adding a little warm water things like that can be helpful but totally do you have any just general tips for people like the typical situation of a cat that's been on dry food for its whole life and we're going to try to switch now like what's the starting point for that all right depending on the on the kibble because there are also levels of different kibbles and different addictions I will think about a cat as an addictive uh, person, if you want to, if, you, if you're more comfortable with that idea, because it's not, it is an addiction because after all, it's our microbiome that, that decides what we want to eat and, and it, it's, it changes every time. But um, if, if, you're, if you are in a diet with a loads of carbohydrates or additives or anything, you know, the cat is going to be used to that flavor. It's going to feel safe in that flavor. Don't forget that uh, food, it's love. It means love. It means, uh, uh, you know, it, it feels, uh, it has to feel good inside. And um, sometimes for them, what it's safe, it is what it has to be, even though that's not, it's not beneficial for any other things. They are used to that and they are addicted to that. So uh, when you want to change that, don't rush Sometimes you can rush it and sometimes it will work. And uh, I have seen, I mean, all those things that say, oh, you just do it gradually and be careful how you change it. Well, I'm not a, a part into that because that creates that energy that you don't want to see. People are so worried that if I, they have a, a loose stool one time, just, you know, you are switching foods. And I've seen... Uh, I've seen problems like this, even when you just did the whole gradual thing. And sometimes you switch overnight and nothing happened. It depends on the cat. It depends on the health state at that time. So don't be afraid that something bad happens or the food is bad. Just make sure that if a cat feels bad after certain foods, uh, he's going to reject it afterwards because it's unsafe. 
So if we if we associate this, you can uh, you can first what I what I usually do is start making the changes, not especially gradually, but for example, if I start with a grain uh, kibble, I go to a grain free kibble. I start putting the gray, the the kibble into a toy, an interactive toy. So the kibble is hard to get, and uh, and then I start adding the moisture food, but it's not raw because I have to see first. I have to make steps before to see if the cat it's you know it's easily uh, his his gut is easily adaptable or not. And I rather do that with things that I'm going to reject in the future, not raw food immediately. Right. Uh, so then I just I put meals. I start putting meals. But in the meal, in the meantime, you can get he can get, uh, you know, cable from a toy, you know, it's not and hard toys. I mean, it's not something that easily, you know, they can just take the, the food out of it. But um, also you have to measure which toy are you going to use knowing your cat, because there are some cats that are going to get frustrated because of that. So. That's the like the the first first step, and from there you can you know make the the moist food better. You know, try to buy better uh, better formulations, and uh, even even you can start with uh, pieces of raw like uh, chunks of food to see if, if the cat actually likes to uh, you know chew or not. You have to experience. You have to make it like a playful thing, and then. Once you have, you know, all the information yourself as a guardian, you can start making decisions of, okay, I'm going to jump into raw and see what happens. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean this is the only way because sometimes you can just jump into it and, oh, it failed. Then, okay, I just take a step back and, and start over. That's also possible. But it is important to know how your cat adapts to change in order to plan it perfectly to transition it perfectly. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think it's totally true with the, you know, calling it an addiction because the pet food companies have, you know, food scientists who it's the same type of job that the um, fast food and junk food companies have for humans where they want to make it as delicious as possible. They study and do research on what things they can add in to make it smell and taste the best. And so um, you know, I think it's, it is fair to call it an addiction because, you know, they've, it, they're driven to eat more than they, they normally would if it was, you know, just the kibble without any of the extras that they add to it to make it extra delicious. Um, Otherwise, I don't think they would eat it if they, yeah. if they didn't have all those things. Exactly. <laughs> it's the same thing, like I said, with the Doritos, like if it was a plain Dorito with no flavoring, no one would eat those, but it's all the the tasty stuff that they put on. But yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So as a cat gets older, how would their nutritional needs change? All right. So one of the biggest thing is that when they are puppy, uh, puppies, I keep saying puppies, <laughs> um, kittens, uh, they need a loads of fat and, you know, they are growing. So they need to, this, uh, we need to find this balance of omegas, right? And once they are growing, they need omegas, but for a different reason is that it depends on how they got there as, a, as an old cat. If they are, you know, the inflammation level, how inflamed they became over years and see if they have any uh, any signs of arthritis or any chronic diseases. That will tell you how inflamed his body is. 
then you will have to use certain fats. But otherwise, the, the, the requirement for fat decreases over time, uh, but not the protein. It is important that they still build this, uh, this body uh, muscle mass, right? They need that in order to keep functioning correctly. Because if not, if they starve or if, uh, if they don't get enough anti-inflammatory uh, products in their food, then they might get chronic diseases such as the ones that we see, the metabolic diseases as chronic kidney disease, arthritis, uh, uh, pancreatitis, anything that you wouldn't like to describe. Um, and all of this comes from inflammation. So depending on how his, his life was uh, throughout life, uh, you have to think about an inflamed cat and see how to approach that. But from the perspective of a diet, Unless you need to change certain certain things, I don't make several changes. You know, I just balance whatever they are what they are needing at that time. Yeah, that makes sense. What are your thoughts on older cats and how you know in uh, many commercial diets they will start reducing protein in the senior formulations because it's kind of a blanket guard against kidney issues do you think that with kidney issues the protein should be restricted or or not no for me only the protein should be restricted when you have a just a an not compensated kidney disease uh stage three or four maybe or maybe you have high phosphorus levels even with high phosphorus level it depends on the where the phosphorus is sourced if it's an organic which it comes in the kibble it is absorbed the hundred percent, so that's more damaging than if you keep feeding high quality of protein. So for me, it is important that for a senior cat gets a very good sourced in quality protein, the best you can get, and that's uh, that phosphorus is not going to be all uh, absorbable, so that will prevent one of the things that you know, they say that protein does. And also, if the cat actually has enough fiber or enough uh, mobility in the stomach because he's been fed raw all his life, he's not constipated, then you can you can have a healthy gut. And if you have a healthy gut, there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing you can, you know, the problem is that the, the senior cats I see, they are already with a lot of things. So, yes, I have sometimes to manage or the source of protein. And usually it's not the the amount is more the quality and source but yes i have to you know start looking for more fat content or uh, anti-inflammatory things so i i really have to play a little bit but in the ideal world that not is not a thing it's not you know it is we know that protein is not a problem uh for the extent of uh, of chronic kidney disease what are uh, the some of the sources that you're recommending in terms of the highest quality source that people should look for it's difficult because it, it is all it, it's difficult sometimes to get it for ourselves but yeah. uh i would say that it's this is something a uh, food for thought uh we, we need to start thinking again how to uh take care of our soil again uh make sure you know we have to think what the cow or when just in the case of the cow or the animal the production animal whatever you want to uh mention uh make sure what they are eating because that's going to get into your body so we need to make sure that the soils are taken care of 
what the cat the cow is eating, the emotional state of the an- that animal as well. Because if we are moving animals from one side to another, just you know, to s- different slaughterhouses, that is also creating a different quality of meat. Then uh, every time that we uh, we ground uh, any any foods or we frozen it, or there are now this uh, high pressure things that they are doing for raw foods as well. Every single thing that you do for a protein is going to change its size, and we are not very sure what how that affects the absorption and the use of that protein. Because they say, "Oh, it's not changing anything." Yes, but we don't know how the body knows it. Does yeah. does the body recognize that? So, do the best you can. And the thing is that it's really hard to get all the steps done. So my my advice is. Okay, I can do the best I can do is supermarket. Of course, supermarket is going to be much better than kibbles. So do not overwhelm with that. And then if you can manage to buy organic, okay, that's even better. You will have more omegas, the less to. So sometimes if you, uh, uh, the better the food, the less supplements you have to use. So just also consider that when you're looking at price of things. That's true. Do you have any favorite ingredients that you like to incorporate into homemade diets? Uh, well, I use, always use taurine, no matter how much hard you put into, I just feel more uh, safe. <laughs> I'm like a cat in that sense. Um, and then, well, for senior cats, for example, I'm starting to use a lot of flaxseed, uh, grounded flaxseed, because I find that most of the cats that I have uh, with stomach issues, constipated issues, it's working really, really good. It's a source of omega-3 that it's, you know, I don't know how it's going to be absorbed in a carnivore, but this is not where where I put my my attention to. And, um, and then uh, I would say that I'm starting now to be, uh, to use more brain uh, as a, as an organ meat, because it's a really good source. If you have a cat that does not like fish oil, like mine, <laughs> Then brain is a really organ, uh, that organ has omega-3s and it's really good and the cats actually like it. So that's, those those would be my, my things now. Um, my, the other things are the the regular stuff. (laughs) I don't use too much things. Do you have a, it sounds like you have at least one cat of your own? I have two. Uh, I have one that, that, that's, uh, always eaten, uh, raw because she, she was given to me like a, very young and uh and the other one started five years ago and his hyperstitia got much better and well he's we're still managing things but the problem is always the same yeah does the cat eat it (laughs) after yeah i know i have i have one picky cat too but yeah the other one he'll eat anything so he's easy (laughs) yeah fish oil is for me the hardest thing so i have to look for fish or other sources uh, but you know, he likes junk food. He doesn't like the things, the good things I, I can buy for him. Uh, so it's, it's quite tricky. You have to find the balance that that's always, and, and don't worry too much because I know, I know pet, uh, cat guardians actually worry too much and, uh, you have to just trust a little bit the wisdom of your cat, um, uh, and always knowing that he's an addic- uh, addict, <laughs> but, <laughs> Like but once kids. you switch it, <laughs> yeah, <They like> junk <laughs> food, <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, and the other cat actually doesn't like, you know, she's not being used to, and yeah, she might have something, but she gets tired of treats or anything because she's not used to. And well, I have 50, 50. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fun. So I just want to save a few minutes to ask you a few questions about, um, yourself since you're such an interesting person and have such a cool background. Um, I know we're both musicians and you've incorporated some music into your uh, practice and, you know, kind of bringing all that together. Can you just share a little bit about that so that we can get to know you better too? Okay, yes. Uh, well, I started as a, as a singer very, very young, but actually um, I got a little more serious while I was studying uh, vet school. So, and then, well, I got different projects, usually du duets. And one of the reasons I moved to Mallorca is that, you know, thanks to the people, the everybody that comes uh, for vacations and holidays, you know, I there's a lot of work for that. So that's one of the reasons uh, I decided to do that. And I uh, and actually have a project uh, for this year. It's almost ending, but next year I might have others. And uh, as a therapeutic uh, tool, I found that uh, this is, I found in a protection animal services while I was working there with cats, 27 to 30 cats at the same time, that the way that we use our voice, it's also a way to be present at the, to at the moment and also to, you know, manage the amount of energy because your energy can be, uh, you know, low frequency or very high, but sometimes we are overly happy. And that's also intense for a cat. So when you start, when you need to modulate singing, it's something we can all do and actually relaxes a cat. And you can use that as a therapy if you do it, you know, in the present time and relaxed. Uh, so I use that as a tool for, you know, just for experimentation and it worked really good. And then I, I started doing the um, uh, bioacoustics uh, course uh, to use you know, sound natures. And well, I'm, I'm focusing on this uh, polyvagal theory a little bit more to understand the safety and also apply it for food, for example, right? Um, but well, if you want to, if you actually want to listen <laughs> how I sing, I will be singing on the conference of the RFVS uh, as a, as, you know, as a way also to gather all the people uh, and network because we need to build this community of raw feeding uh, professionals. And uh, we, are, we are holding this, uh, this conference uh, every year. And this time is going to be on, uh, in Ilkley, Yorkshire. And um, well, I'll, I'll be singing with one of the guitarists that I had uh, in Madrid before. And it's going to be wonderful. I mean, we're going to talk about kittens, puppies, uh, microbiome. Uh, we're going to be talking, isn't the next ger generation, a next generation of animals and professionals. We're also going to discuss a little bit about this communication, which is also a voice-related thing. So it's going to be interesting. If you want to learn more, uh, you go to RFES, uh, Raw Feeding Veterinary Society website, and I'll be happy to see you. And you can get to see my other side. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, that, that all is so fascinating. And I love everything you just said about the voice being a way to modulate the energy and, and even just in talking, but also, yeah, using music as a way to communicate on a frequency level with our cats. You know, they can tell if you have some classical music playing in the house versus if it's like heavy metal, like they act very different if the music is different. 
And um, yeah, I play harp and I love playing my harp and the cats come over and they'll like take a nap and sit on my lap. And it's the, it's really cute to see. So I know. Oh, I love harp. Yeah. I've seen firsthand how much it affects them. And I personally am as a musician, I'm very sensitive to noise. So when I'm working in the clinic, I can be quite sensitive to just all the background noise. And um, it's nice to work in those calm, quiet environments where we can use music and um, just keep the energy under control so that everyone's feeling good and comfortable. And music should be on a, on every single practice uh, and very, it doesn't have to always be classical, but for example, harp sounds are really good in frequencies and um, nature sounds and also even preventing the net, the noises of that things that we cannot hear, for example, the machines that we have there, the cat is going to be sensitive of that as well. So it, it, you start you start minding that, you know, you, yeah, you go being everywhere. Being intentional and about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is so cool. Well, I'll definitely be checking out the conference that you mentioned. It sounds very interesting. Well, we're glad to say if you, if you come, you can just take your art and just, you know, play something. Yeah. If you like. <laughs> That would be so cool. Okay. So do you have one last final tip for the cat guardians to go home with just about anything, your favorite tip to share? I mentioned this before, but uh, it's just a, a reminder. Just make sure to have these things on in, in your mind, stick in your mind is the addiction will make you, you know, the, knowing that your cat is addicted will switch your mind of how fast you want things to happen. Right. So it, it, the, the tips are more for the guardian than for the cat. <laughs> the second thing is, mm, you know, know where you're going to feed your cat. And actually, that can, you can apply that to yourself. Sit on a table to eat. And for the cat, the same thing. Sometimes, not all cats, but most cats really like high uh, places to, to eat. And okay, if that's the thing, just find a place and and stick to that routine until the cat until you see if the cat actually likes it or not. And uh, and the third thing would be don't panic, don't panic that much. It's not that easy. Forget about complete imbalance and and start thinking more as the as a healthy thing that you're going to do over time. Uh, variety, you know, the same the th same thing you apply to yourself. Um, you know, if you're not doing the correct thing, then start by start yourself and then switch your cat to a diet. That also helps. Uh, so that would be my advice. Start uh, instead of being the guardian that protects the animal, just put yourself at the same level and you will learn loads of things, loads of things. There's, you know, there won't be a need for me <laughs> if you if you can actually do that. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much to learn from our from our animals, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so where can our audience learn more from you? For example, like your website and um, social media. Okay, my, my website is felvet, it's feline vet, I'm simply as simple as that, uh, .co.uk, and uh, you have it in English and Spanish as well. And uh, for social media in English, it's felvet for cats and felvet.cats if it's Spanish, if you want. Um And then as a musician, you look for my name and you will find it. So Amaya.spindola. Uh, I have like several Instagrams and all. <laughs> I don't, I just keep everything separated. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. 
So um, yeah, for our listeners, just don't forget to follow, subscribe, leave reviews. If you found this interview interesting, this will help us to reach more cat guardians who might also benefit from this in- information. And thank you so much, Dr. Spindola, for your time today. Thank you for having me. That's It's been really nice.